Welcome back to The Drop. This is Michael Saramella, and when I say we have a huge week in store for you, where do I begin? Two Stab Out of the Year entries, Noah Dean's two-year-in-the-making magnum opus, two brand-new Stab Premium films all dropped this week, and the Vans Pipe Masters waiting period kicked off, so first up this week, Stace and I are going to break down the heat draw of the 2022 Vans Pipe Masters. There are 10 men's heats, five women's heats, and I mean, when you hear some of these names that are clumped together, your mind is going to go some really interesting places. After that, we're going to chat with Buck about all this week's surf news, and somewhere in the middle, I'm going to bring in Corey Stevens, a relatively new STAB employee who directed two films that dropped this week. One, Wildcard, the Moana Jones Wong story, and two, Best Wetsuits, where she and a STAB premium member went and tested the world's best neoprene in Santa Cruz, and they picked a unanimous winner. So, let's jump in. Twice in one week, the pleasure is all mine, Mikey. How are you? Oh, so good, Stacy. So good. Feeling great. Holly Eva chat was wonderful. You can catch that in, I believe, the most recent episode of the podcast if you want to hear about who made it to the CT next year, who didn't, and why John John is the best surfer on earth. Now we're going to talk, of course, about the Vans Pipe Masters. Technically, the waiting period started yesterday. However, we are on hold until at least Saturday, so that could be the potential start of the event. Although, who knows, it looks like with the forecast it could be even a little bit later, but we'll get into that. I just want to remind everyone, before we go through the heat draw, which is picked the other night, of what the format is. So, there are going to be 10 men's heats, and they're all going to have four people in them. That's two Hawaiians and two non-Hawaiians. Those, those 10 heats, those people are all going to stay together for the first three rounds of competition. So, they're going to serve three times together, 30-minute heats each. And they're going to try to basically get their best three waves across those three heats. So you could get all your counting waves in your first heat. You could get all your counting waves in your third heat. You could get one in each heat. However you want to do it, you've got an hour 30 at Pipeline with three other people out to get three incredible rides. And the four surfers on the men's and women's side who have the highest cumulative score of their top three rides will make it to the final. The final is surfed in a normal heat fashion. Top two scores in that final win. Nothing you did before the final counts. So that's basically the way that the event works. And as I said before, they just released the heat draws the other night. They picked them live in front of a live audience on in Hawaii. And there are some unbelievable matchups here. Stacy, do you have a, uh, a favorite, a heat that you're most looking forward to watching? I actually think it reminds me of... Like, we used to have these teams events out here where the CT guys could do them, and, you, you know, you knew it wasn't... You knew it was rigged. <laughs> it was basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> B. Durbridge and Parker, one year, did this comp, like, of course they're going to end up in the same heat together. And this is what this heat draw feels like. It's like, oh, we're picking it live in front of a live audience, but oh, whoa, Crosby, Collar, Pinto and Griffin together and Seth Moniz and Kalana Apo all in the same heat together. And I'm just like, oh my God, that's going to be a doozy. So yeah, but I think the overall theme, which I'm sort of happy to see, I, I wouldn't usually say this because I'm, I love blood and guts and glory and competition, but there's a lot of heats where there's like a lot of guys that would be cool in a heat together just for the sake of, I think, safety, if it's 10-foot and bombing, and gentlemen's rules. And then there's some heats where, you know, 
they'll be hassling it. And it's fine because everyone is on the same page there, you know, like a CT guy v Billy Kemper or, you know, someone who's super competitive, you know. So I don't know. I think it looks really, really fair. I think that for, for wave riding, it's all going to be what for spectators, it's going to be sick. It's going to be unreal. And there are so many different heats that I love for totally different reasons. Like, there are some heats that are, are more heavy on the performance side of things, right? Like, you look at one where you have Harry Bryant, Aton Osborne, Josh Moniz, and Nathan Florence. And in that group, you have a mix of guys who are good at a range of things between barrels and airs. Like, Aton, obviously heavy on the airs. Harry Bryant, good mix of the two. Josh Moniz, good mix of the two. Nate Florence is more heavy on the barrels. But it's just like such a fun group that no matter what the conditions are like, you know you're going to get to watch something punchy. And then the next heat after that, it's like fucking Fight Club, dude. It's Eli Olsen, Billy Kemper, Mikey Wright, and Emmaus Zermak. And just like three of the freaking buffest, strongest, scariest looking dudes in the comp all together. And they all seem to have like a bit of a like fuck you attitude I'm going and I can't wait to see what happens especially if there's a bit of juice in the water out there um so just running through the rest of the men's heat draws just so everybody can hear them heat one we have Koa Smith Jamie O'Brien Robbie McCormick and Rio Wida and that one's brilliant to me because it's like are, are Robbie and Rio gonna be able to catch a wave out there like, I don't even know how, how you go about that. First of all, Jamie O'Brien, whether there's a contest or not or priority or no, like, he's getting whatever wave he wants out of Pipeline, which he's earned. Frankly, he's easily one of the top three, if not the best Pipeline surfer of all time. Koa Smith, he's not as uh, aggressive as Jamie, I would say, but he definitely knows his place in the lineup, and he knows that he can get most waves that he wants as well. And then you have two people who frankly, have not surfed pipe much at all. And one of them recently broke their rib surfing pipeline. That's Robbie McCormick, who got a pretty crazy wave. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram, but uh, he got a really good wave at pipe, came out doggy-doored, and just didn't quite get past the falling lip at the end, got compressed, and broke a rib. So we hope he's feeling it 100% for the comp. We know he's going to surf no matter what, because what else are you going to do when you win Vance Dab High and get a spot in Advanced Pipe Masters? But with that, on to Heat 2, we have Kala Grace, Matt Miola, Nick Von Rupp, and Riaro Ito. To me, this sounds like a heat where there's actually going to be a lot of, like, mutual respect. I mean, it's clear that there's one surfer here who has spent way more time out at Pipeline than the others, and he also happens to be a native Hawaiian, so he's got that going for him, and that's Kala Grace. But Kala's a super, like, mellow, just nice dude, and all these other guys, too, like, they just, it seems like this heat will be a lot more, like, sharing, right? Like, it'll be like, you know, I got the last one, you go, maybe even some cheering people into him. Nah, I, I don't think so. I think Nick Von Rupp, Kalar Grace, shoulder to shoulder on some pretty premium pipeline waves. You think so? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, Riaro, fuck, Riaro's just gonna have to go right, and he, he's such a crazy, crazy dark horse for this comp, which we'll get into later, but I feel like same in that earlier heat you said, like, there's no way Jamie O'Brien and Cole Smith aren't on every premium pipeline wave that comes through. It's just there is no other way that's going to happen. So the only way that Rio and Robbie McCormick have a chance is by mongreling up, uh, depending on what it looks like, I guess. But, yeah, and, and trying to go right because, yeah, um, I just can't see that heat one going any other way. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, in the next heat, we have Ivan Florence, Mason Ho, Mikey February, Tosh Tudor. I mean, poor Mikey and Tosh, right? Like, 
Mikey's like super well respected, but he's also super soft mannered, and I can't see him trying to push his shoulders against anybody, especially like Mason and Ivan. Mason's an interesting one because his uh I'd say his like outward personality is he's like the like fun guy, super creative, super happy to talk to everyone and see everyone. But when you're in the lineup with Mason and the waves are good, he like turns into just freaking terminator mode like he when he sees a wave that he wants he puts his head down and he's going like it's not this like (laughs) nice guy smiley no it's like a different side of mason and this type of event bring that brings that out of him like he won last year the backdoor shootout and he's won that event before so he's accustomed to this style of format where you get to surf multiple times there's no losers you have four man in your heat that you stick with the whole time so he's used to that and he's going to be looking to basically back up his latest victory out here at pipe ivan florence more of like a chill guy i guess but also just commands so much respect by the nature of his ability and his lineage that i think he will also be on the best pipe waves along with mason in that heat yeah for sure i i still think though like if you're mikey february and tosh tudor there's a whole lot of other heats that are way worse than that to go into like ivan's on vans mason is mason and you know yeah i, I saw that heat and i went oh Stoked for Mikey. He's not going to get, like, you know, just steamrolled. <laughs> because he's he's competitive. Like, you don't make the world tour and, and not be competitive. Um, he's, you know, I caddied for him one year at Sunset, and he was in a heat where everyone, you know, had three points each, and it was a full dogfight, and paddling back out with five minutes to go, and we're like, okay, you've got two choices. You can sit on the West Bowl and try and bet your score, or you can paddle straight to the peak and try and get a higher priority and just sit on one person and hope that a set doesn't come. And he just paddled straight back to the pack and sat right in the middle of the pack and was just waiting for someone to either make a priority mistake or try and force an issue on someone. And I was like, oh, this guy's competitive as fuck. <laughs> yeah, good on him. All right, and then Tosh, you know, I would say he's definitely the the least veteran out there, but he puts in his time at Pipeline, and he knows how to pick the ones that other people don't want but are still good waves because that's the only choice you have when you're 17 and not Hawaiian out there and you want to get him. So I think, you know, he may not be on the bomb of bombs because those top guys might be getting him, but he's going to find some crazy waves nonetheless. And going to the next heat... Shaden Picaro, Makana Pang, Joao Chianka, and Al Cleland. This one's interesting to me because it almost feels like the two non-Hawaiian guys could actually be more of like the alpha dog types in this heat because Makana and Shaden, both insane surfers out at pipe all the time, but they're sort of like more mild-mannered as well, whereas like Joao doesn't give a fuck. Al Cleland doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't think there's going to be necessarily that same level of deference to the locals in this one. Yeah, I agree, and it'll be a great chance for, you know, there's no doubt about the Hawaiians' ability in that heat and and when the waves are good, but now it'll be a chance for them to really be like, no, 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 this is our spot, and, you know, you got to sit and wait your turn because we're going to alpha dog it. So it'll it'll be cool to see how that one unfolds. But Al Cleland will probably just go and sit it off the wall and pack closeouts or something. Like, he's a mad (laughs) dog. (laughs) So you referenced this heat before, but Seth Moniz, Kalana Apo, Griffin, and Crosby, Cola Pinto. I mean, it kind of speaks for itself, but this is going to be a fucking wild heat. You can't tell me this ain't rigged. That is the craziest heat ever. Like, best mates and brothers in the same heat together. That's going to be sick, and I just hope the waves are firing. Please, please, please. 
we saw that wave that the Cole Pinto brothers got in DNA, their film last year. It was the one, it was one of the two waves actually that Crosby kept for his, um, you know, his pipe Vans triple crown entries. The one where the guy burns him and he still makes it. He gets this crazy backdoor pit despite this guy falling out of the sky basically on top of him. But what a lot of people didn't know is that going left on that wave was Griffin. He and his brother split the peak on that wave and it's one of the coolest waves I kind of think like story-wise that you could even conjure. Like not only, it would be cool in and of itself if they just split the peak and both gotten really barreled at pipe and backdoor, but the fact that the guy burned him and then it ended up being the reason that he won the Vans Triple Crown pipeline thing. I don't know. It's just unreal. So I hope we get to see some see something like that in this year's event as well. Yeah, the, the angle from the channel at pipeline of that photo is just absurd because Griffin and Crosby are both so committed off the bottom on each angle, you know, right and left. And then there's just this board and a bloke in the lip, also <laughs> fully committed, poking their nose out over the shoulder. And you're just thinking, oh, God, this is not going to end well. But then you see the clip from the backdoor angle of Crosby, and it's just the most you know dramatic ride of nearly the winter. So, yeah. I mean, that's like one of the, that's got to be the best brother wave ever, right? Like, I'm trying to think, nah, like, Andy and nah. Bruce, Florence's. Andy Who's and had Bruce, a better for sure. They're fucking... Every campaign you watch, one of two's going the other way out there. It's a great question. It's a great question, but I'd, I'd have to say that, you know, like, John and Nathan, when no one's looking, you know, that was just in the mm. height of winter, and, yeah, but it, for sure it was mental. But maybe we can draw up a couple. That'd be sick. <laughs> All right, so the next heat, as I said before, Eli Olsen, Billy Kemper, Mikey Wright, Emmanuel Cesaramak. I have no fucking idea what's going to happen in this heat, but I can ensure fireworks. I'm hoping for some, like, Jesse Mendez action, maybe a little wrestling in the sand. Who knows? Yeah, that's a crazy one. Uh, The only real tidbit I have on that one, which I don't know if it's like, looks super obvious or not when you're watching Mikey Wright surf, but he is the world's most psycho paddler. Like gnarly he could paddle onto a boat wake and pop up with speed like and and the reason why i bring this up is because it's obviously so important at pipeline but it's going to be even more important in this heat because that's where your commitment starts is when you start to put your chin down and go mikey's obviously got plenty of courage no no problem there but his physical ability to catch waves is psychotic so, um, yeah, I'll be looking for him to flex on that pretty hard out there. Yeah, with no priority, especially. And, I mean, I've never met Emeo, but the energy that I get from him and the clips that I've seen of him is that, one, he's not scared, obviously. And, two, he feels himself a bit. Like, he's a cocky motherfucker. And I don't think he'll go into this heat thinking like, oh, you know, I should respect these guys because they're older than me or they're Hawaiian or they've been on the CT or anything like that. Like, he's thinking, I'm going to go out there and pack the biggest, scariest fucking tube anyone's ever gotten out at Pipeline, and I don't care if Billy Kemper's rubbing shoulders with me on the paddle. For sure, and and, and Emeo would have spent time with Billy in Tahiti, uh, and there'd be some familiarity there in the lineup. I, I couldn't imagine, you know paddling up into a heat against someone that you'd never surfed before but you'd just seen all their clips on Instagram you know like oh there he is in real life you know like that would be so bizarre but this guy he would have spent time with all of the heaviest dudes in Tahiti and now he's going to their playground in Hawaii and uh, I agree I, I, I think he's got that he's got that young sort of vibe about him where he doesn't 
he doesn't care. He's got plenty to prove. I think a lot of the Tahitians do, and, and you know, it's one of those things where that young cropper crew coming out of Tahiti are super gnarly, and this is going to be a great chance for them to, to, to do it on the world stage. Yep. All right, so next heat, Noah Bestian, Emai DeVault, Craig Anderson, Coley Vast. We have another Tahitian in the mix. We have somebody who probably never thought they'd surf in a pipeline event in their life, being Craig Anderson. And then the true local, Noah Bestian, and another Hawaiian, Emai, who's obviously spent tons of time out at Pipeline via the Pipe House and all his other years on the North Shore. So um, this is a bit of a mixed bag heat for me. Like I don't necessarily know who I think will be the alpha. I guess Noah Bestian technically strikes me as the one who's going to sort of take control and, you know, this is my backyard. Emai's a bit more mellow, and also he's not, you know, from Oahu. And then I could also see Kauli, like, I definitely think he's going to be respectful, but also respectfully, fuck you, I'm going. I mean, he got second in his CT this year. I think he sees himself as definitely, like, a world tour level surfer, and this is another proving ground, essentially. Yeah, I think no priority is going to suit Kauli really well. Like, he, you saw what he did in Tahiti, he just, he's got that line up on a string, and I'm not too sure that he's going to be the same sort of get up and go out of pipeline but with three heats over 30 minutes um you definitely think he's got the talent to to put up some big numbers okay what about craig though do we think that craig has a chance to actually show his true colors in this event or will it be all too much for him i think in this heat yes um i'm stoked to see craig in a heat like this because i'd love him to you know at least and I'm sure he's probably thinking the same thing. Just one really good wave over three heats is all he's chasing. Um, and I think that this is this is definitely a heat that'll that'll give him the opportunity to showcase this. Like he's not drawing someone who I feel like Noah and Emi would have a level like a healthy level of respect for Craig because they're both into making movies and traveling and surfing spots around the world and. Craig's one of the best that's ever done it, so that there would be a level of respect there versus, say, him drawing a, a surfer that maybe was just had their head in competition or, or, or didn't even care about competition or free surfing and they only cared about pipeline. Uh, they'd probably look at Craig Anderson and go, no way are you getting a wave out here. You don't deserve one. But those young guys, they'll, they'll be they'll be frothing. I think, I think this is a heat where they'll be cheering. You know, they'll be going, oh, my God. Like, Craig could end up with one of... You know, you can already kind of envisage it now. Like, he could end up with one of the best photos ever out there if he gets the right wave. Just aesthetically on a wave, he's, he's got to be one of the best. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm stoked to see him in that heat because I just want to see him get a couple of fucking waves. I just love the way he surfs. Men's Heat 9, Eli Hanneman, Jackson Bunch, Ballaram Stack, Yago Dora. Safe to say we're going to see a few airs in this one. Yeah, that'll be cool. How's that wave Miguel Tudela got the other day? Ooh. Like, that was a great, like, insight into, like, crazy barrel massive air and even griffin had one the other day too he didn't make the air but you can kind of see it coming into play there so i dude i totally think watching the clips from this year that people are like the vans pipe masters is coming i need to like practice for this i saw ivan as well in uh in one of the clips we put up on the site this week ivan gets a crazy barrel at pipe and then goes for a huge air where I haven't really seen him try that so much at Pipe. I know he's obviously capable of it, but you can tell that it's in people's minds. Like, this is, like, something we have to actually go for now, which is literally the entire point in why Vans made this part of the judging criteria because they want people to think differently and push surfing into the future. And it's happening before the event even starts, which is really, really cool. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been in some surface mind for a long time, though. Like, maybe it's just stoked the fire of a few people that have been a bit sleepy on it, but, like, in the CT, I mean, Italo did an air at the end of every single wave the year he won a world title. I know, but I think that people, it's like, oh, that's Italo. You know, they don't think, like, oh, that's me necessarily. Mm. And now they're like, oh, it has to mm. be me or else I'm getting left behind. So, I Yeah, think for brilliant. sure, yeah. I, I see Noah Dean paddle out there when it's like big and onshore and just doing airs all the time and I was just it was the scariest thing ever but like I feel like some people are kind of on like have been onto it for sure for sure and speaking of Noah he is in heat 10 along with Ko Rothman Baron Mamiya and Shane Sykes fuck that's a pretty tough local crowd for a heat uh, those are two guys who are not letting any good wave go by oh crikey that is a sick heat holy Oh, my God, yes. I mean, Baron's got to be one of the most well-rounded surfers as it comes to the criteria of this event. If not, you know, with John out, maybe he's the most well-suited to it because he gets as barreled as anyone out at pipe and goes absolutely huge on the end section. Koa, obviously, more of a tube specialist. And, you know, Shane, I've never really seen at Pipeline. Noah, we've seen get a few waves over the years. Obviously, he's capable. But, yeah, to me, um, Baron's going to be a person to watch. Definitely. Yeah, and, and and similar to like Noah with Craig, there's a you know coming from Baron and Coa to toward more towards Noah's direction is like, yeah, he's an Aussie guy like on the mega deal with Volcom, and like they would definitely look at him and probably want to give him the finger. But he he has had his opportunities out there where he has stood up and shown the world that. If a wave comes his way, he is definitely going to go. One wave in particular, the Dahui backdoor shootout that was in um, Head Noise, is a bomb. And the commentators were just cooking him, going, you know, who's this Aussie kid, Noah Dean, going to an air, whatever. And he just, like, literally mid-heat, they were going, oh, oh, fuck, man, this guy goes, like, oh, okay, Noah Dean, yeah, he's the man, like, and, and Eddie Rothman's coming around the house, you who's this near Noah Dean guy, like, you know, and it's like, you know, these Hawaiian guys, I feel like, with, with Pipeline and how special of a wave it is, they just don't want to see a wave go, like, wasted, and I feel like that's like that anywhere around the world with the waves that have some sort of meaning or connection to them and, and Noah Dean's not going to waste a fucking wave so yeah it's a gnarly heat but I, I I do think there would be a healthy level of respect there for him I feel like Noah in his in his clip that just went live he's surfing waves as scary if not scarier than Pipeline and doing crazy things on them like not just getting from point A to point B like <laughs> hitting giant ramps and surfing parts of the tube that were typically reserved for a prone rider so yeah I agree with you I think Noah's <laughs> gonna figure out some some ways to get some waves out there and I think he's gonna put on a show all right so that brings us to the women heat one Bethany Hamilton Bellinalu Carissa Moore and Tatiana Weston Webb gee whiz um yeah it's got a bit of everything that hate doesn't it yeah, I just feel bad for our lady bird, Bella. I mean, unbelievable surfer, but going up against three of the most dominant women ever, especially at a wave like Pipeline, like that, yeah, she's got her work cut out for her. she Brazilian or Hawaiian? Does she live in Hawaii? She's Brazilian. She lives part of the year in Hawaii. Her family moves around a lot. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, she'll have some familiarity with the sand and the waves, so, you know, it's not going to be all doom and gloom. And I feel like, you know... Carissa's probably at a point in her career too where 
the word mentor might come to mind. I'm not too sure. We'll have to wait and see. Mm, yeah, I think she's trying to mentor in the form of leading by example. <laughs> Combination situation, <laughs> are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you seen the clip she's gotten out the past couple of days? Oh, I, I haven't, but I, I believe it. Like, yeah, it's... um. Yeah. Imagine that. Carissa Moore, Bethany Hamilton, split peak. That would be freaking sick. Beth going right, slob grab. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good, actually. I'd love to see Carissa get a few more lefts out there. She's definitely got the talent to do it. Um, I just think it's it's obviously a lot easier for her to go right. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing that one. Yeah. All right. So, Heat 2, Gabrielle Bryan, Zoe McDougal, Aylin Vast, and Laura Enever. Another really, really interesting one. Dare I say that... The two non-Hawaiians are the most comfortable in the tube. Have to say so. Um, Laura Enova has definitely got something wrong with her. Uh, the waves that she goes and the beatings that she takes are just out of this world. She is just so batshit crazy. The most lovable person on land, and then also the most lovable person on the water. Like she's just freaking got the craziest highlight reel of big barrels. Um, so yeah, hope they get waves. That'd be sick. Oh, they're going to get waves. And that Aylin Vass girl, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's Kaoli's sister and she freaking charges chopes like crazy backhand tubes out there. She put out a video earlier this year. We had it on the website and to me, easily one of the top three backside tube riders for women in the world. Um, so if it's good pipe, I think she's got a chance to really surprise some people. Who is the top one and two, just while I got you there? <laughs> um, I'd put Carissa in that conversation. And gosh, I don't know. When I think of women tube riding, I definitely don't think of backside. Um, Tyler got that crazy wave at Cloud Break a few years ago, but still haven't seen that much of her other than that. Definitely not Steph. I don't know. It's Yeah, the list is pretty small. You kind of get a small glimpse of it, and I know... It sounds ridiculous, but I will give it some credit. The, the, the barrel at the end of Kelly's wave pool is incredibly technical to ride because it's so small and tight. So you do see who has that, you know, correct technique um, with, you know, shoulders forward, knee in, and there's you, 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 there's not a lot there. Like, just being honest, there's not a lot of the women that, like, look super, super comfortable um, with their, you know, back knee tucked in and and that kind of control to either slow down or, or go forward if they need it yeah so maybe Aylin is the best I don't know it's it's hard to say but I will say too on the less on the technical front more on the just like fucking charging front you got to look at Sally and Courtney as well they've had some really good waves over the years at you know cloud break and then more recently I guess chopes um Courtney was getting some good ones too so they're in that conversation as well yeah I agree I think Sally Fitzgibbons definitely is uh, pretty handy all right so women's heat three Brianna Cope, Betty Lou Sakura Johnson, Katie Simmers, Tyler Wright. What do you think? Whoa, a couple of groms. That's sick. Yeah. Um, you got the pipe master in there. Um, I guess it's all just so forecast dependent for e- each of the draws. You know, it's really hard to get too excited. I think in your mind, you dream up eight to 10 foot pipeline. Um, but obviously we're at the mercy of Mother Nature, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But similar to, like, obviously her brothers, Tyler's got, you know, plenty of attitude, plenty of courage, so it's, you know, that's a wave does, the wave does suit her, but she's sort of admitted in the past that she needs to spend a bit more time out there, so she's going to get a minimum of an hour and a half here with only three other ladies in the lineup, so that's going to be perfect. Heat 4, Pua DeSoto, 
Moana Jones-Wong, Molly Picklum, Sierra Kerr. Obviously, doesn't need to be said that if it's good pipeline, Moana is going all the way. However, I think we are going to see a few different conditions throughout this event. And I want to put my neck out there and say Sierra Kerr might do something really, really cool out of backdoor. I could see her getting like a crazy backdoor wave. Yeah, definitely. Like the waves, there's a wave here on the Gold Coast that like Joel Parkinson quotes is helping him get ready for backdoor. Uh, and froggies. Yeah, exactly. Froggies. And <laughs> Kersey takes Sierra out froggies a lot. So, uh, funnily enough, Noah Dean does surf this wave a lot as well. So, um, but yeah, it's, um, super possible. Molly Picklum getting back to like the backside tube riding thing. She had a crazy attempt the other day out there, proper underneath it, big airdrop, sort of made it, but just looked happy to be there, you know, like happy to be there and take a belting and it, it's cool. Like it's, it, 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 it's going to come like the women's tube riding in the next five years is, is going to go through the roof because this, they're all out there having a red hot go and that's all coming together. And then obviously Moana needs no introduction, like amazing piece on the website at the moment, um, about, about her story. And it's so surprising to me that she only paddled out real pipeline at 18 years old. That, that's psycho. And to see where she's at now, um, yeah, obviously needs no mention. Yep. All right. So last but not least, we have Coco Ho, Luana Silva, Vahine Fierro, and Sophie Bell. I don't know if you had heard of that last name before, I don't know, two weeks ago, but I hadn't until I watched her profile that uh, Stab and Vans made for the Vans Pipe Masters. And this chick is gnarly. She goes to like Neos, charges huge tubes. Obviously, she lives in a uh, Bolido, so she gets some crazy tubes back home as well. Have you heard of Sophie Bell before? I have heard of Sophie Bell. She's a good friend of uh, the Sykes family, uh, who are also from Bolido. So that's Shane Sykes, who's in the men's draw. And um, yeah, Bolido is one of the sickest joints on the planet. That you know, I don't know if they're going to be hyped to hear me say this, but gets plenty of six waves. Also down the coast there in South Africa, they just big right hand tubes on tap. So yeah, I, I have heard of Sophie and I did know how gnarly she was. So I'm stoked to see her get a start um, because it's extremely hard for South Africans to, to sort of get that nod on the international stage for a few different reasons. Uh, one thing being just geographically where they are and how expensive it is to travel. Uh, and the other thing is too is that there's just so many bloody good surfers in the world and it, for anyone it's hard to get your head above water so yeah she's got a great opportunity here and I, I hope she makes the most of it alright then of course we have Vahine Fierro who is from Tahiti she is sort of like the Moana of Tahiti you could say just like unbelievable forehand tube rider amazing style technique really can knife a tube better than most women I would say um, and then Coco needs no introduction either obviously sort of like the the queen of the north shore grew up you know her dad and brother and uncle surfing pipe all the time she's more recently gotten into it and really started to get some good waves especially out at backdoor she loves a mid-sized day at backdoor and luana silva that's um that's a cracker bit of bit of uh bit of heritage there with coco ho and then obviously a couple of young upstarts so yeah all right so those are the heats again those people will surf together for three heats so the, the preliminary rounds of the event, they'll have those same four people. And then the top four from the men and the women will go to the finals and have a straight surf off. That's how the Vans Pipe Masters champions will be decided this year. Now, quickly, the forecast. Admittedly, 
not great at the start. Um, they're going on hold for the first three days at least. They're going to see what comes after that. And then toward the end of the waiting period, there's a proper size northwest swell coming. So they're going to have to squeeze a lot of heats in, but I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to get, you know, great waves and we will have a very deserving champion one way or another because they're going to have to air tube and turn their way to victory. Oh, that sounds amazing. I actually hate it when comps start firing and finish shit. I think everyone would, right? Like, it's so much better when the waves are good for the finals. So, yeah, a few sacrificial lambs at the start, but it's all for the greater good. And fairness-wise, it actually... This draw is really just opens up to, hey, we are literally in the same boat together. Literally. And we will be the whole event. So let's just go out there and get it done. And then hopefully, you know, we'll get some tubes at the end. So we'll be watching intently. And of course, we'll be back to break down the event once it's concluded. The waiting period runs from December 8th to the 20th. So that's the sort of latest it could finish. And I also want to know, what total do you think will make the final? Oh, good question. Okay, so again, this is top three waves, scored one to ten, obviously. I'm saying that the cutoff will be 25.5 for the men and 22 for the women. I like it. So about a 7.33 each for the women and about an 8 five exactly for the men yeah i think that's what it takes i like it yeah i like it i i I think the men might be a little lower just if they start slow um but yeah i like it mikey it's uh, it's funny to see like that come back you know because if you watch like old surf videos back in the day and it's Oh, so-and-so got a 27 heat total, and you're like, what even is that? (laughs) (laughs) So used to, like, hearing 18 points is a good heat total, and you hear 27, you're like, is that good? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they got three nines. They're ripping. So, yeah, it's going to be sick. Pick your winners. Who you got? Mm, uh, My dark horse is... um, Purely based off his character profile piece, which Danny Johnson uh, and Mr. Gooch-san over in Jap- Japan had a, a great job putting that one together. It was Riaro Itu. I-, I thought he just... I had... I'm embarrassed of how good a surfer he is and that I work in the surf industry. I even work for Quicksilver. And I had no idea that he was that good. Like... I just, I don't think he'll be going crazy on the air front, but his technicality in the tube and the waves that he's prepared to go, it just always blows my mind how people can keep their style in waves of consequence. Um, I just am such a big fan of that because I think that most mere mortals would just be going straight into survival stance, but he just looks so pretty on the wave that, yeah, it's super eye-catching to me. So, yeah, Riara is my dark horse. And then, um, oh, gee, got to get behind one of the Aussie boys. We'll go, we'll go Noah. He can swing on a right and a left and he can, he can do, definitely do the airs. So, uh, and he'll be in the top bedroom there at the Volcom house. So pretty good spot. He should be feeling fairly comfortable, uh, relaxed, pressure's off, the clip's out. Uh, go get him, Noah. Wow. Big picks. Love it. Okay. On the men, Dark Horse. I'm going Al Cleland Jr. 
I think Al is one of the best tube riders in the world. And as we saw in that latest Quicksilver clip, Saturn, he obviously can do airs as well. He's also just a thick boy and he can throw down some mean turns and he's not scared of anything really. So I think he, especially if the waves are good, could come and really surprise people. And as just more of a standard pick, I'm going with Baron. I brought it up before. I think he may actually be the most well you know, suited surfer to this format and this event. I think he's got barrels, he's got airs, turns, yeah, you can do them, but I think he's going to not be looking at turn section. He's going to be looking for the biggest ramp he can find out there, and if he pulls a few down, he's a lock, in my opinion. Uh, What about the women, Stacey? My dark horse in the women's will be... I would have picked, uh, is it Eve Wong? But she's not in it. I thought she was incredible at Halle Eva. That was just, yeah... So good. So looking forward to seeing more of her in the future. Uh, but on the women's side, as a dark horse, I'm going to go Molly Picklum. Mm. And for the number one title, I guess if the waves are going to be finishing and firing waves, um, do we put a, we can't pick Moana on this one? <laughs> well, if you do that, you almost have to say you can't pick Carissa too. So... Uh, I mean, we saw what happened there if it's pipeline. Like, Okay, well, you go one, I'll go the other. All right, shoddy Moana. <laughs> all right, well, that leaves me with Carissa, which I'm I'm not upset by at all. And then on the dark horse front, oh, I'm so between two, but I think that the video profile got me. I think there's going to be some rights, and I think Sophie Bell is going to make a lot of people go, who the hell is Sophie Bell? So I'm giving it to the uh, South African. <laughs> Oh, we need to get you in the booth, Mikey. That was great. All right. Well, Stacey, it was great chatting about the Vans Pipe Masters. We'll be back in, let's call it, two weeks to discuss the winners. And until then, let's go with Buck to discuss this week's news. All right, Mikey, now I get you. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me borrow him, Stace. Yes, here we are, Buck, to talk about everything else that's happening in the surf world this week. But I think we do maybe still want to talk a little bit more about the Vans Pipe Masters, right? Of course we do, Mikey. Come on, this is a big deal. We're not just going to dance through it. Come on, Stace. Stace, I'm not going to let him have all that fun. How to watch the 2022 Vans Pipe Masters. This is a story on our site that breaks down... Where to park. Yeah, where to park. Um, Up on top of the hill at YMA is my recommendation. Um, (laughs) You'll be sweet up there. should find a spot. (laughs) (laughs) But this gives you everything you need to know, even though Mikey and Stace just laid it out for you. Let's actually let people know where they can watch the Vans Pipe Masters. Everywhere. YouTube, stabmag.com, vanspipemasters.com, the WSL. You're not going to miss it. If you you can't find it, then that's on you, and you don't deserve the Vans Pipe Masters. Or or an internet connection. You have to go to the library. (laughs) Your picks, Buck. My picks. My picks. I don't know. Am I playing it safe when I say Griffin, Cole, Pinto, and Chris Moore? Are you going to make fun of me? You're going to say that I'm just going uh, easy answers? No, I think I think Griffin is a rogue enough pick. Like he's had some good. Like he's done. He's surfed really well at Pipeline, but he's never had like a huge result at Pipeline. So I think that's enough of a wild card. And we saw what he did the other day on that one crazy pipe left, like got super, super deep, double barrel, spit out super hard into a giant air. If he connects on one of those, that's a 10 in my book. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest, that's factoring heavily into my decision. So is uh, two waves I saw just video of Carissa catching the other night. 
I just, I saw them and I knew. She's going to win. Claiming it right now. She's going to win. All right. Next up, we have two stories. Well, two films that we dropped on Stab Premium this week. Best Wetsuits and Wildcard, the Moana Jones Wong story. And Mikey, I am going to let you go ahead and have a conversation with the producer of these two films, Corey Stevens, to give us more. Okay, so I'm here with double director phenomenon, Corey Stevens. Corey, how are you? (laughs) I'm tired, but I am well. Thank you. How does it feel putting out two films over the course of, what, two days? Yeah, two days. days. Um, Yeah, I think I'm still soaking it all in. I think it's taking people, you know, a day or so to to watch everything. But, um, yeah, I'm getting lots of nice comments and notes from people, so that's really gratifying. And um, I guess I'm just, like, basking in (laughs) the sense of accomplishment and uh, just super stoked to finally have these two things out there that I've been putting some blood, sweat, and tears into, so I'm stoked. Okay, well, let's start where it all began, Best Wetsuits. About a year ago, you were doing freelance copywriting for a few surf and fashion brands, and then out of nowhere, you get a DM from Stab asking if you want to help out, basically, in our Best Wetsuits test and be the female tester. Can you talk about what that original experience was like and then how you went from that to getting a full-time job and ending up producing and directing films of your own in just the space of a year? <laughs> wow, when you summarize it like that, it really sounds um, it sounds pretty miraculous. But yeah, that first DM I got from Stab was really exciting. Um, just having worked in the surf industry for a long time and then just leaving it a few months prior to um, getting contacted by Stab, I was kind of just floating and not sure what I wanted to do and was just kind of, you know, cruising. So um, it was really exciting to get that that message and have this opportunity that I'd never, I'd never done anything like it before. And it was kind of scary because the forecast for that week that we were going to be shooting was like 12 to 15, like, you know, rainy, just didn't really look that appealing to me and was super out of my comfort zone. So, uh, I was a little bit scared, but I just knew that I couldn't say no. So I went for it. And that was your first time on camera, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That was my first time like doing anything of that magnitude for sure. And anything that was like a really, um, yeah, just like such a big project like that. So I'd never done anything <laughs> to that extent. Um, and here you are. Okay, and now you're you're leading Best Wetsuits, naturally. I left this year, and in my place, you brought on a STAB Premium member to take the male lead. So how did that selection process work, and why did you end up picking Zane? Yeah, so there, there's just so much adamant feedback from our community. Our STAB Premium community is super engaged, which we love, um, and we just wanted to honor that and tried to think of ways to incorporate their feedback, and I just thought, you know, why not just bring some along and so we sent out a casting call via email and we got a little over a dozen submissions all of them were colorful and different and unique and fun in their own ways um there's a little bit of nudity which was a nice (laughs) surprise (laughs) or it was just a surprise I guess I should say um yeah and Zane just seemed down to earth he just seemed like you know a really great uh, example of, you know, who represents our community. And, uh, I just thought he'd be great on camera and he surfed well and he just seemed fun to hang out with. So 
that's who we went with. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that also one of the reasons we wanted to have a Stab Premium member in there, one, is because it's this cool little, like, bonus thing if you're a Stab Premium member. Like, you never know when you might get something in the mail, whether it's, you know, like a, a, a video that you've never seen before, or maybe it's a piece of product, or maybe it's an invite to literally work with us on one of our projects. But it was also because I think people feel that because, you know, we are part of the industry and the machine and we work with all these brands that inherently any sort of testing we do is like skewed or biased in a way like we kind of like have to be positive or say nice things about these brands because they help fund what we do which to an extent is true but with the paywall it's becoming less and less true each year I would say but that was kind of the value of having a true outsider is like he has no ties to any of this like he's going to go and surf on this trip for seven days uh test these wetsuits and nothing really changes in his life after that like he could write them all off if he didn't like them but was he just like overtly positive about all of them (laughs) yeah it's funny you should ask that because you know it is great that he didn't have a lot of bias which was you know obviously crucial to the test but he was super psyched he was just super psyched to be there which was great um but every you know every item he was just like it was hard to get some any criticism out of him um so that was a little bit of a challenge that we tried to push through and he ended up doing such a good job but yeah he was just frothing the whole time and um which made for you know great morale but we gotta we gotta review the suits as well so it was we found a good balance i think in the end but yeah he was super stoked and one of the wetsuits brought you to literal tears it did it did so if anyone's you know watched best wetsuits they can see it unfold (laughs) uh yeah i debated whether i wanted it in the film uh at all but it just you can't i mean i couldn't pull it out it was the truth and uh we also thought about trying to reshoot that scene but i physically could not have pulled that wetsuit on and off one more time it was just it was just uh i didn't mean to sorry spoiler alert after the fact but yeah it um it yeah brought me to tears and was a very humbling experience. So uh, nothing against that brand, but it just it just got me. All right. Well, we're gonna do one more spoiler alert. So if you don't want to know who won best wetsuits this year, if you haven't watched it yet, I'd still recommend you go watch it on the site. If you don't want to know, you should stop listening right now. Skip ahead maybe thirty to sixty seconds. But Billabong, men's and women's, take the W. Is this a surprise to you, having been in the test last year and seen how they've, like, maybe improved? It was. It was a huge surprise. And I was a little concerned that it might seem biased that it won both the men's and women's, but Billabong has just really stepped up their tech in their wetsuits. And for both Zane and myself, we just had such a nice experience wearing them. They were so warm, so cushy, like just everything that went into them. It was just really hard to to find any flaw with them. So yeah, super big surprise, especially I think last year's women's suit was a little bit underwhelming. It just felt kind of like more a suit that you would give like your little sister for her like, you know. 13th birthday or something rather than something that you could wear throughout you know an entire winter season so it was a huge huge you know step up for them so yeah big big shocker congrats to billabong on the win best wetsuits 2023 now on to your other film moana wild card um did you watch blue crush growing up i was obsessed with Blue Crush growing up. It was my introduction to the culture of Hawaiian, the North Shore, you know, culture, surfing in Hawaii. 
Um, it just, I had already fallen in love with surfing, but it just, it created this fire and this true obsession that, you know, it was, I don't know if there's a bigger fan of Blue Crush than me, to be honest. If they're out there, I will challenge you. So are you like out at pipe every day now that you're out in Hawaii? <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm such a hypocrite because I'm like super in love with that film, but I'm like so afraid of what would happen to me if I tried to get waves there, not just from the people, but from the ocean itself. I think I... I wouldn't do well out there. I think everyone feels that way, but some overcome it better than others. And Moana is, of course, one of those people. So you made a film about her and her ascent into this basically, I mean, she's the queen of pipeline, right? It's it's undeniable. She won the CT out there last year. She put on a huge performance in the backdoor shootout um, among, you know, winning a lower level QS event. All these things are covered, but more importantly, we get to know about Moana, the person. So what is to you the most interesting that you learned about Moana while making this film? I mean, she's dynamic. She has lots of different sides to her personality as, you know, as our audience may have seen in the past, you know, we've covered some stories about her kind of getting into some, uh, just some tiffs and just some confrontations, I should say, um, where she shows, you know, a really fiery part of herself. So yeah, she's just, you know, she's not one-sided by any means so oh I did learn that she's just she loves to be the star of the show this is coming from her family members and some of her close friends that she just she loves to perform and she loves to kind of be that center of attention and I think uh doing what she does at pipe really fits nicely into that just because she really has created um, a platform for herself to stand out and just be you know this star of a show that you know, is Pipeline. Okay, well, we have another Pipeline show coming up very soon, and that's the Vans Pipe Masters. Of course, Moana's competing. Of course, she wants to win. But she also has some sort of even higher competitive goals and expectations for herself. Co, can you talk a little bit about the 2024 Olympics and how and why she might be a good person to get in there for Team USA? Yeah, so the name of the film that we created about Moana is Wild Card, and that's in reference to uh, her getting the wild card into last season's uh, Billabong Pipe Pro and then taking the title. And that theme kind of comes back into play now and looking forward to the 2024 Olympics at Chopu in Tahiti. And that wave and that island is a place that's really special to Moana. It's where her husband is from. It's, you know, part of her Hawaiian roots. And so she just has another deep connection with that wave there. So she feels that she, you know, deserves the wild card spot on the Olympic, uh, the U.S. teens roster. And she just feels comfortable with that wave. And, you know, she seems to think that she would own it should she get that opportunity. So... Um, yeah, she's definitely looking toward that and working toward that and keeping that in her sight lines um, in addition to this Hawaiian season. So it'll be exciting to see what happens over the next uh, few months. All right, Team USA, if you're listening, the choice is obvious. Pick Moana. She's her best chance of winning. And that has to be, I mean, it's the Olympics, right? This can't be like a, oh, we made so-and-so feel sad because we didn't pick them. Like, no, we're going there to win. Like, pick Moana. She's going to be the gold medalist, and that's all that matters. Uh, Corey, any last thoughts about Best Wetsuits or Moana before I hop back in with Buck? Nope. Just go watch them. Just see me break down completely and be inspired by Moana. It's a nice little contrast there. So, yeah, enjoy. 
and to hear the Keala Kennelly story, which I'd never heard before and is fascinating. Yes. Oh my goodness. So much good stuff in there. So yeah, check it out. What's happening to Orange County sand, and is it worsening the waves at lowers? Back in my day, well, I mean, you used to get barreled from the, the tip to the point. I know. I know, Mikey. And I have to be honest with you, this thing, like, it started, I think we picked up on this story on Instagram, and now once we created the story out of it, did the research, got everything out there, shared it on Instagram again, there are hundreds of comments, I think over 300 last time I checked, and one of them is actually from... Joey Baran, from the man who won the Stubbies Pro at Lowers in 1981. And he's saying that no left existed then. It's just, we don't have to get into that specific comment, I guess, because it's 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 not super relevant to this story. No, we do. Okay, okay we do. well. It's super relevant. You know why? Why? Because Joey Baran didn't just win the Lowers contest. He also won the Pipe Masters. And where do you think he learned a barrel ride like that? I guess Lowers. I mean, he's saying in... He said there was a left in 1983 that was barrel, 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 stand-up shacks until the 1986 El Nino. So, I mean, Joy Brand apparently had three years of just getting drained on the lowers left, which, I mean, you can't not believe the man. Like, what are you going to tell? Are you going to say the pipe master is wrong? Like, I, yeah, like, if he won the pipe masters, he clearly, we're going to take his word on barrels as fact. So, it's crazy to think about now. And he goes on to say after that, like... It changed, got a bit softer, and then that's kind of in the late 80s was Christian Fletcher's era where people were doing airs. I mean, hasn't everything gotten a little softer since the 80s? Oh, so much so. Come on. It has. It's not just the lowers left, folks. It gets way worse. Lowers is woke. Lowers is so woke. But this story stole hours from me this weekend, both on Saturday and Sunday. It introduced new concepts to me about the ways that the ocean works, uh, specifically littoral cells, which are these things that we've identified as kind of these enclosed places where sand moves through. So if sand enters the ocean from a certain river mouth, it's generally not going to go farther than a certain point. Everything is going to be contained in this certain littoral cell they have different sources, like rivers, like erosion, and they have different sinks, basically places where those that sand can like sink into a deep canyon and no longer be impacting the shoreline. This taught me about all that, which is the driving force between why Orange County is losing its beaches. And it just, I went down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what that meant on my coastline here, what that meant on the coastline where I was living in France. And it was really hard to translate littoral cell into three languages. So I just like seriously eight hours of like just these weird fucked up geology videos this weekend for me. That's what that story did to me. I hope it doesn't do the same for everybody else out there because eight hours is a long time to be watching like weird videos on YouTube that have 300 other views. But this is what happened to me with this thing. Yeah. So it is like when you read it, obviously it's really centered around Orange County. But I think pretty much this applies to most places around the world. I mean, even if you think about Hawaii, right? Hawaii is all reef breaks and whatnot. Well, mostly reef breaks. But on any given season on the North Shore, the waves are so different at certain spots because of how the sand moves around. Like we look at that. There was an edit that went up recently on the site and it was John John surfing this sandbar. 
but it's not Ayukai. It's sanded, washed down to basically that insanity zone and made a sandbar similar to the one that it made, what, three or four years ago when John John got all those crazy waves in the yellow board. So these things apply everywhere. The story is specific to Orange County, but I'm sure you can apply it to, to where you live as well. And I will say also that Stab's California office is in Oceanside, and Oceanside has some of the worst beach erosion that I've ever seen. Like this place, Buccaneer, that I remember I used to surf a lot when I was in college. It used to be just a super fun, punchy, wedgy little beach break, and now it literally the water washes up to the rocks. And that's true about like a huge portion of Oceanside. There's just no beaches on the south end of Oceanside, and it's really sad. And this story also talks about some ways to sort of mitigate those things. Some of them are still achievable. Some of them it feels like we've probably passed the tipping point so I don't really know but yeah it's it's interesting but I will say specifically on lowers if that wave disappeared more or less can you imagine what would happen to the e-bike industry oh my god it would be in shambles cataclysmic and I think I think that's bad for the the batteries I think it takes quite a bit to make some batteries like that so that'd, that'd be big yeah, Chaos. it would be. It would definitely shift. It would. If we're in a financial downturn right now, you can't even imagine what will happen if lowers disappears. Uh, it'll be off the goddamn rails. But I know we talked about Joey Buran, but I also want to talk about when we shared this story. I would like to congratulate the general surfing public because you know when we were doing COVID, everybody that uh, surfed became epidemiologists. Now we're all civil engineers. So if you look at the comments, there's just people pitching all sorts of reasons why and solutions. It's pretty fascinating. I, I love it when people just in like a, a two sentence long Instagram caption with no experience working on anything of this matter, just pitch solutions to complex problems. I mean that from <laughs> the bottom of my heart. I think that's really fun. That's a fun part of existing in modern society. So I'd like to congratulate all of us on um, shifting from epidemiology to civil engineering. I think it's a good path. It's time to vote for the stab edit of the year. For real this time, by the time you hear this podcast, you will be able to vote. As we said last week, we had to push this around a little bit because we had two last-minute edits. Guess what? Those edits are now live on the site. They're from Tori Meister and Kai Paula. Mikey, what's your thoughts on these two? So different and ironic because they're made by the same editor who also happens to be a stab editor of the year contender. Seems like a little bit of a conflict of interest, if I'm being honest. But I'll let Albie mm. sort that out with, uh, with his two pals. It's so interesting to me because this goes to show just how different people's tastes are within surfing because on pretty much every stab edit of the year entry, you have at least one or two comments saying like, oh, this is definitely the best one yet or this is in the top three or whatever. And like that, that's basically happened on both Tories and Kai's as well. And they're like the last entries of the year. So for somebody to say that, it means that they're comparing it to even these, these 10 other edits that have come through. So Tories, I mean, he's a psychopath. He's not normal. And so if you like giving yourself actual like fear shits while your ears are bleeding at the same exact time, you're going to love it. <laughs> well, you don't like country music? No. Well, I especially don't like it with surfing. I feel like there's a time and place for every kind of music, but in an edit where you're chucking yourself over the ledge at some of the scariest waves in the world, I don't think it's a good match. Why? Uh, Tori would obviously disagree. And I love that he, and he, it's not that he doesn't, like, he has to know that, right? Like, there's no way he doesn't know 
that the vast majority of the surfing public is going to hate that music choice. So the fact that he just goes for it is awesome to me because that's such a big factor of what goes into picking a stab edit of the year, right? It's surfing times music. And the combination of the two is what makes an edit stand out forever in your mind. So people are either going to remember this one as an edit that they absolutely loved or an edit that they would have loved were it not for the music. And it's a bold strategy, but we'll see if it works out for I them. mean, what do you want the guy to do? Steal Dion's song from Modern Collective? Like, <laughs> he's expressing himself. Like, he's, he's showing the world, hey, this is how I, these are the waves I want to go on. This is how I feel. I'm going to go ride this bull. There's just bull riding in it, of course. That, that's a staple in his life now. That's what he does in the summer to to train for big wave surfing, basically. He's like, yeah, I only do it in the summer because I don't want my body to be fucked up for winter. But it's like, that's how he like gets his, um, you know, his cortisol fixed in the summer. Yeah, and he had a really interesting line about that. We do interviews with everybody when we feature their sub out of the year. And in Tori's interview, he was talking about how it's such a different feeling from surfing because like surfing, you put yourself in the lineup and it's like, it's more of a slower burn, whereas like, it sounds like when you get on a bull, it's just like, okay, like this gate's going to open. It's so fast. It's like a no turning back, you know, surfing, you get to a point of no return, but you have to like, it takes a lot of time to put yourself there. Whereas it sounds like bull riding. You just like within 10 seconds, you can go from being like very safe to like in the middle of a ring with an angry bull, which I don't know. That's it's, it was really interesting hearing him talk about the fear factor thing, just because he is, as far as I know, the only person who, does both those things actually he mentions a, a a cowboy in maui that also surfs jaws so i guess he's one of two <laughs> but but that coconut i feel like coconut willie probably too. yeah right? but i mean those i think i really like this song because i live a lot of it's from portugal and so i think having the extra context on some of these waves it was like you know it, it brings it to a new level of appreciation yeah i'd like everybody to be aware that Buck was around when all these sessions happened, so the fact that he wasn't there, you, you can take. Oh, what you, you want will me to go that. paddle out with him the day he got double two wave hold down because he was surfing alone? <laughs> <laughs> the cave stuff is fucked up too. The cave stuff is incredible, and then there's the left just up the coast that, yeah, he is. Um, he just will go on anything. He seems like such a calm, level-headed person. Otherwise, which I love, and now Kai Paula. Wow, I feel like. I have a new surfer that I get to watch and, and like I honestly didn't know much about him. How much did you know about Kai before this year's Stab Highway California? None at all. And even after leaving that, I didn't really feel like I knew that much about Kai. Like he sort of it feels like he kind of came out of nowhere. Like I don't think there was like tons of fanfare about him when he was like a kid. But which is interesting because he actually has a style of surfing that is sort of that like wonderkind like I don't know it's just like very technically sound and it looks really good like he's stylish and every all his body parts in the right place at the right time and it's just really good solid surfing Um, so you almost would have thought that he would have had a really stellar amateur career and would have been really well known but the fact of the matter is he wasn't Um, but to your point yeah he's an unbelievable surfer and what I really love about this edit is Ali Albi sorry leans into the fact that nobody knows who Kai is and that this edit is sort of his like, hey, I'm here. Um, But at the same time, 
they're making fun of that fact. And the way that he does it, I don't even want to like explain it too much because it will sort of ruin the whole feeling of it. But when you watch it, like I just think they did such a brilliant job of introducing a new surfer in a unique way without it feeling like contrived. Yeah, yeah, good. I I, I agree that we shouldn't spoil it. It's um. It's one of those things that wouldn't even come off well word-wise. You have to just go and experience it. So, yeah, and I agree with you. He does have that, like, kind of freakish, just, like, well-rounded, everything, good-looking kid. He's only 19. Like, you feel like you should have heard of him, but I guess he's just been um, in that Maui vortex. Let's get him out of it. I mean... Caught in the wind. Caught in the wind. He got caught in the wind for a while when he did that double spin. (laughs) He sure did, and that is also really cool i mean i hate to we should be talking about kai but i just really do think it's cool how albi like it's clear that he brought this kid under his wing a lot like not only is he editing his piece and probably giving him a lot of direction and what the piece should look like but also he's like inspiring him to go out there and land new things or at least new things for kai obviously not a new thing for albi but you know going to the same wave that albi does to do those frontside spins and basically just trying and trying and trying until you finally get one and that moment at the end like yeah it's not the craziest air you've ever seen but you can see how elated he is to finally make it and and he looks out to albi and and albi cheers him on he's so excited too and i don't know it's just really cool to see that like passing of the torch a little bit like not to say that albi's career is over we saw in his stab editor of the year entry that he's still very much at the highest level of surfing but he knows that, you know, as you get older, same as we've seen with like Dane and other surfers, it's that it's really cool to highlight people around you and sort of share your experiences and skills with them so that you can build up the well, next Well, the generation. emails with us, he kept calling Kai his replacement. So um, <laughs> <laughs> he interviewed Kai for this piece as well. And with, like you said, that they're in the water together for when Kai landed that double spin. And we learned in the interview that Albi had been trying him that day as well. And within hours of Kai landing his, that same session, I'll be landing another one. So that's got to be a first. I mean, that's that's uh, something I can tell you that surfing is progressing when two of those are landing in one session. That's fucking gnarly. It's it's really cool. So go ahead and give both of those videos a watch. They are the last two entries of the year. We actually had a couple of people reach out to us just after the deadline closed. And as much as we would have loved to include them, we can't. So with that, Stab Editor of the Year is closed. And you can make your votes on the site. Or are we sending out an email too to the Stab Editor of the Year Oh, yeah. Members? Email, site, everything. You won't miss it. It'll be there for a week. So it's time for you to vote. And then there is another thing that you'll notice when you are on the site. And it is the Nasvid. Noah Dean's, we're going to have to call it a film. I mean, when we when we designed the edit of the year, we set parameters around the length, and he went over them. As we talked about in this podcast, he was going to make a second version that played by the stab edit of the year rules, which would also mean fully cleared music. Then he decided, hey, I poured my heart in this thing. I poured over 100K into it. I'm just going to roll one out as is. And so obviously... We were still happy to share it. It's just not a stab out of the year contender. It will be looked at as a film when we do the stab surfer of the year voting. Um, holy shit, is it good? It's, I mean, it's Noah Dean's best clips of the last two years surfing some of the best and most unique waves in Australia. It's unbelievable. Oh my God. It's, the production level's insane. Mikey Mel is a good friend of ours, does some work with stab. He put it together and... It is, it's a must watch. It is a must watch. A hundred thousand percent. And we have, in the most recent episode of How Servers Get Paid, 
Noah talks about what it was like to make this film, especially like Mikey said, he was kind of hiding these clips for a while. And we had that conversation went everywhere. Him and Sam McIntosh talked for like an hour and 45 minutes. And so there's a premium story on the site titled, I could do reels and serve two foot beaches and hoard cash, but that's moral suicide. That's more of Noah's reason for doing what he did, which is spending all this time and money to make this incredible surf edit in a time when, I, yeah, people are going towards blogs and reels and I guess surfing two foot beaches. So that gives you some more perspective into his headspace in doing this. And then, um, like I said, the production value in this thing is insane. There is some claymation in it and clay marzo too there's um <laughs> yeah clay mar clay marzomations in it but there's a bit where we heard about last year i think we actually covered it when we we're doing the vans pickup last year during the the triple crown but noah got denied at immigrations when trying to go to the north shore and it's funny when you hear about a story like that and then you see how somebody kind of processes it like you could tell basically there's a bit in this film this little claymation thing where he's kind of showing you what that experience was like, but it's a really just funny kind of old school Volcom feeling thing. And uh, in the interview with Sam, he actually elaborated on that whole experience. So this is what you don't get in the film. Let's, let's hear from Noah. Yeah. So there's an animation in the movie about kind of what happened to me in Hawaii. And it's pretty funny because I like, it was new year's day, obviously like, was at my house and had like a New Year's party or whatever, but it was only like three of our friends. And um, got pretty lit and got pretty hungover, obviously, New Year's. And I was like kind of on the plane, like having these little like micro sleep panic things going, fuck, I'm in the comp, like it's gonna be huge, like stressing and like not wanting it. It happens every time though. And then, I was like, ah, like, what What am I doing? Like, going back here, trying to fucking, like, like, go to Hawaii and fucking get sent out when it's 100 foot. I'm like, this is fucked. And then I, like, kind of was like, fuck it. And, like, midway through the flight, I just got over it, and I was just like, I'm actually pumped. Like, this is going to be sick. And, like, that's kind of... I feel like if I was bummed, I would have got in, but I got real pumped and I was stoked on it. And I was like, yes, this is going to be sick. Actually, I was like, I'm in a sick heat. Like I got the boys in the heat. It's going to be fun as. And um, anyway, I landed, like got real amped, like just a bit of Hawaii air. Just hadn't been there in ages. And um, I had a fisherman's friend. This is, I should have put this in the, in the like animation, but I fucked up. It was like the full Larry David moment, like beyond. I ate a fisherman's friend and then they're like, oh, you got to put your mask back on, sir. And I was like, bang. And then the like menthol just completely fucked my whole system. And I was like fully like tearing up. And um, I was like, oh, I can, I can get it together. Like I'll go to the toilet and like just get the mask off for a bit and get rid of this fisherman's friend. But then they had people waiting like right at the bottom of the escalator and I started to like had to answer questions straight away. And the chick was like, what are you doing here? And I was just like, <coughs> just like fully choking. And I was like, fuck. Like, 
and then I was like, oh, I'm just here to surf, like, <clears throat> and like kind of got through that. And then um, I was like, oh, that's, that's fucked. And then got to the next person and the dude was super sweet. And he's like, oh, sick, you're coming here to surf. Like, he's like, oh, are you in the comp or whatever? And I was like, yeah. And um, he was like, yeah, sweet. And then this random dude came like steaming down and just demoed me and was like asking me if I had like CBD roll-ons and shit like that. And I was like, no, nah, man. I was like, Australia doesn't have that shit yet. Like, fucking, <laughs> we're like 10 years behind, man. There's no fucking CBD roll-ons over here. <laughs> and um, then I got like taken up to secondary and like, I guess they looked me up and shit and he asked me why I said fuck the WSL and I was just absolutely blown away in the like S like the elevator I was just blown away I was like holy fuck what is going on and there'd just been crazy stuff happening like I don't know in my life at that point it felt I guess it was like they call it like satin return or something when you turn when you're like 27 and everything was just fucking crazy for a bit there like six months and I was like, I don't want to do anything. This is fucking crazy. And um, I got like upstairs and then they all got in this like kind of big debate about like a couple of people were saying I'm sweet. Like you can go into, you can go to Hawaii or whatever with it, Esther and like you can do like one comp as an amateur. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that that's it. And then like the other people were like, nah, you're done. And I was like, it got to the point where I was like, I was like there for three hours or something and I was like, Sammy just telling him to send me home because I was like, if I don't get on a plane now, I'm getting one tomorrow and I'm probably gonna go and like cruise in some gnarly holding cell for the night, which I don't really, not really that keen on. And I didn't have a choice in it though, you know, like they just, they were just like, and I was like, they'll just like go back and get a visa and come back before the comp. And I was like, not possible. I was like, these visas take like six months. And like, it didn't, they, I mean, the visa ended up taking like 10 months and like only just got it. But, and um, it was crazy actually. I was like, I was so blown away by the whole thing, but kind of had to laugh too. And I don't know how I laughed about it really. Cause I was back on a plane like three hours after I just landed and just like talked to Ty and talked to Bemi and they're like, like get them on the phone and shit. And I was like, there's no one's getting on the phone. I was like, they've got my passport and they gave it to like the air hostess in like a brown paper bag and I'm not allowed it until we land. I was like, I'm done. And just sitting in the fucking, yeah. And I'd already like burnt out every movie on the whole plane. So I just had nothing to watch on the way back. And I wasn't tired. And I was just like, fuck. I was so rattled. Like, ended up in Sydney with like three board bags. Like, I went over the top with the boards too, because I was so excited to go. And just ended up like back at the traino with the board bags. And I was just like, fuck. I was like, that was actually so scared. But kind of funny now for like, not really that funny actually, but. Funny for other people to hear the story, I guess, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's funny to see how people 
like he went through that like a year ago and it was what it was but just seeing how you know that stuck with him and he just felt the need to like represent it in some way in this film and it's i fucking love that story it's hilarious and then um seeing it in the film as well is really cool and then the surfing just it speaks for itself it's the best surfing we've seen from noah maybe in his career i mean the, the waves that he's getting in this are different not only to anything we've seen him surf in the past but different to a lot of what we've seen anybody surf in the past it's it's an insane film not edit sorry film official language for this one and folks. we can confirm noah dean has passed border patrol he's in the united states of america on the island of oahu in hawaii most likely on the north shore uh, i hope he's got some cbd to really get one over on that customs guy all right it is time for a surf sin but before we get there let's talk about what's coming next week on stab premium we are bringing you natural high a film by jack coleman it is very good not going to give too much away, but a little bit away. Steph Gilmore on a Ryan Birch board. You're not going to want to miss that. So that will be dropping on Wednesday. We've also got some profiles coming on the new crop of CT competitors. Won't want to miss those. And then finally, the Nazare measurement fiasco is coming. That will be publishing early next week, and we will be talking about it on next week's podcast. Oh, it feels weird not talking about Nazare this week. Oh, you want to. You want to, don't you? Nope, sin time. What's up, Stab? So after listening to all the surf sins, I think it's about right time that I give out my own surf sin and hear your guys' thoughts on the penance. So here goes. So quite a while back, when I was 17... I went down to South African Junior Surfing Champs and when it's the Junior Champs here in South Africa you get together in your different teams, your provinces and yeah, you all stay together and you surf together and you compete. It's a really good time, everybody has fun. Some grime abuse involved but nothing too serious and all the teams always have a good time by just I don't know, pranking each other and just having a bit of fun. But anyways, sometimes you don't always get the right members on your team and they don't see eye to eye and that's exactly what happened with me. I was the captain at the time. Uh, I don't want to give away too many details in case they're listening and they find out who did this. But one of the groms on the team was a real cocky guy and to put some context to it uh, he was always getting in trouble by the parents that were involved and he was always getting backlash from the parents and I thought as a captain you know be a good oak and tell them to lighten up on him and you know give him a chance to be a kid and have some fun anyways I thought I did a really great deed until the next day when he started being cocky to me and basically tried to cause a fight where <laughs> this little boy is trying to beat up the captain of the team. Very disrespectful. So I thought I'd teach him a lesson. So on the last day of the champs, whilst everybody was sleeping, we all had our big little parties with the other team members. Me and the other... Um, division got together 
and we located his board and his wetsuit and I decided to take a crap on his board yeah and it wasn't the greatest one either so a few little droplets on his board and then I took his wetsuit and take note this is winter in J-Bay so it was very cold we stuck his wetsuit in a bucket of water and we decided to wee in it so it was full of water and wee all mixed together but then me being the captain that I am I thought you know what why didn't anybody stick up for me when he was trying to fight me so I took everybody else's wetsuits when they weren't looking and I stuck them in the same bucket <laughs> oh, uh, anyways long story short when they woke up there was absolute chaos and commotion and nobody ever suspected it was me because I put a sign next to the bucket saying kind regards from the other province so yep surfing South Africa was not very pleased with that province but they never found out who the real culprit was so yeah that guilt's been with me for quite some time I would love to hear your guys take on the story and what the justice system would be cheers guys long one there i gotta say i i kind of knew where it was going i mean when you're talking about these the amateur surf events kind of there's really only a few ways this is going to evolve so i can't say i was too caught off guard there um but i appreciated the storytelling yeah he laid it all out there um you know literally and figuratively and uh, i think it's time that we give this this man a penance he's clearly been stewing on this for a long time um so what do you got for him marinating if you will <laughs> you know i'm gonna keep it pretty simple i think that there's no way of removing this type of behavior from an event like that like when you get or i hope there is no way of doing it at least i mean i think when you get like a bunch of kids together especially in like an environment that's supposed to be a bit competitive and you're from this part of the country i'm from this part of the country and you know you're all kind of figuring stuff out like i think this is just gonna happen so funny story yeah not nice going after your own team i mean buddy you were a good oak for a minute there what happened to being a good oak i like that saying but how brilliant was the sign the sign was good the sign was clever okay i'll admit that but my penance is simple it's gonna feel a little bit random but like i said these events are we all have good memories from these things uh, whether or not our suits were exposed to uh, bodily secretions my penance is just for him to get down there and offer to volunteer and judge an event at his local like he doesn't have to go to the whole championship one but i think these organizations almost always need help from volunteers and if you came up through that program and uh misbehaved a bit i think it just comes down to getting involved a little bit volunteering making sure the kids of today have have some good judges on their hands and um can therefore just harass each wow. other wow yeah that's really uh that's nice of you buck but i'm, I'm gonna go a completely different route i think sure. that the only way that you can really feel as though your, you know, your deed has been met with a fair penance is if you experience something similar to what you exposed other people to yourself. So I'm going to sort of combine the two things that you did into one. And this is fairly crass, but I think that it's warranted in this case. Ooh, I know where this is going to. 
Yeah. Well, two is two is right. He's got to go number two in his wetsuit, and he's got to catch at least three waves before coming in. Oh goodness. Okay. Wow. Stab highway vibes. Yeah. Well, I don't even think we went that far. At least not intentionally. Maybe the um maybe the forbidden shoey caused a few incidents like that. But um. Oh no, that's right. Ivy did. Sorry, I totally forgot. Wow. How did I forget that? Did she get waves in it though? She didn't get any waves in it, that's and that's session. <laughs> that's right so yeah you gotta i mean it is what it is your wetsuit may or may not be ruined i've never actually done that before have you ever done it buck no never yeah i definitely i remember when i was a kid i shit in my board shorts because i couldn't get the knot untied it was the worst it was so bad oh, you must have had a but tight knot going i had a really i had a double knot um safety first but i learned and i've never done it again but you have to experience something far worse which is wearing a skin tight suit and uh, yeah, I would probably trash the thing after and maybe just take a nice Clorox bath as well. Wow. Okay. Well, choose your penance, but I would recommend not doing both at the same time. Thank you, Stacy, Buck, and Corey. That was a lot, but we got there in the end. We can't help when all these things happen to drop at the same time, but yeah, it was a big week in surfing. What are we going to say? Exciting things to come as well. The Vans Pipe Masters is going to be starting any time now, and yeah, there's just a lot more to look forward coming into the end of the year. So until then, over and out.